Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Game Changing Retail Leaders, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. You'll hear from the leaders who know how to use game changing technologies and business strategies to anticipate the future, recognize macro trends, and champion innovation in their organizations. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the game changers, you're in the right place. Why? I always say it, and I always mean it, because this is where the best run. Let's take a look at the buzz on the street. I have a quote for you that will set us up very nicely for our topic today. The buzz is from jimcarroll.com. He calls himself the world's leading global futurist trends and innovation expert. Let's just leave it there. He's been doing it for 25 years, and here's what he says. Quote, it is a time in which a lot of trends are unfolding all at once, and everyone in the world of retail, large or small, needs to ensure that they can keep up. That's why we keep on hearing about the need for, quote, agility, unquote, and, quote, flexibility, unquote, in the retail sector. Well, that laid it out pretty well. What are we talking about today? Come on, those of you around the world listening to this and our many, many other Game Changer series, you're in business or you're thinking about being business. Almost anybody can get businesses started today, but... It might not last that long. You may not have the right mid to long term strategy. There could be a strategy, but a lot of flaws in it. It's special for retailers. Everything is coming at them from all sides. They need to build from the ground up. Retailers need to ensure their processes and technologies are agile. There's that word again. Enough to adapt with growth. You need to plan for growth, assume for growth, be flexible enough for growth. And on top of that, you need to keep innovating. Why? Your consumers are thinking about all kinds of things. They're multi-channel, omni-channel. They're coming at you from all sides. You need to figure out what is going to make them find you, buy from you, become loyal to you. And as if that isn't enough, you've got all kinds of competition around the world, newcomers and runners. It's a lot to do. I put in my notes here, whoo, meaning it's a lot of burden on retailers today. So what's the reality check here? Reality check is in this new retail culture, which I just described, speedy, small newcomers to the sector can and do beat the big I hope that's not bad news for you who are out there who've been doing it for a long time. So how is your retail company coming along? Are you in it for the long run? Are you in it for the long game? We have three very powerful experts on the panel today who are going to help us figure this all out. Let me tell you who they are, and then we'll hear from them in a minute with their opening quote. So in just a moment, we'll be meeting Sabrina Sigourney. Last name sounds exactly as it is spelled, S-I-G-O-U-R-N-E-Y. If you want to look her up, she's the founder and CEO of Blue Marble Consulting, Inc. We'll be joining with her in a moment. Janine Minter is also with us. I have her title here as the head of finance at a company called Allbirds, A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S. We'll find out what she does and what Allbirds does. I think I know. And rounding out the panel, another newcomer, David Owen. He is the director of retail advisory group within SAP. Welcome to my three esteemed panelists. So let's start off with Sabrina Sigourney, who sent us a quote from E.F. Schumacher. 
Ernest Friedrich Schumacher, 1911-1977, to was a German statistician and economist best known for his proposals for human-scale, decentralized, and appropriate technologies. He was the chief economic advisor to the British National Coal Board for two decades, and he published a book in 1973 called Small is Beautiful, a study of economics as if people mattered. Hmm. Okay, here's the quote. Any intelligent fool can make things bigger and more complex. It takes a touch of genius and a lot of courage to move in the opposite direction. Sabrina Zagorny, welcome. How are you today? I'm great, Bonnie. How are you? I'm well, and thank you so much for asking. I love the quote because it combines intelligent and fool. And we, 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 need to, we need to have somebody say that. Sabrina, tell me how you picked the quote. And we're talking about retail growth, big, small, agility, everything that is happening in retail today. So please relate your wonderful quote to our topic for me. Well, I think you, I think you said it. In order to keep up in, that, in the long run, we have to keep it simple. Right, So I've been doing delivery for 20 years now, too long to admit, and I see customers either have analysis paralysis or, on the other hand, want to bite off more than they can actually chew. So to me, it's about the core, you know, building the foundation of a core financial or logistic system to run the backbone of a company, you know, implemented in a way that will allow for growth and scalability when ready. So that's the beauty of, you know, in today's world, we have so many things, you know, coming at us. Uh, it's complicated, but let's keep it simple and be ready to scale and, and grow when ready. Thank you, Sabrina. I'm wondering, you know, we have, obviously, we're assuming that there are a lot of retailers or people thinking about retail or who know somebody who's in the retail sector listening to our show around the world. And I'm wondering if they're saying, nah, can't keep it simple. There's just too much going on. I think I frightened people with my opening monologue, Sabrina, <laughs> because of everything going on. How do you keep the stomach and the mentality to get to the basics? Just a couple of insights from you, and then we'll move on. But I'm wondering, because there's so much going on in retail today. It is really a hot seat, isn't it? There is a lot going on, um, and I think you have to just start by, you know, one step at a time and being modular about it. So, you know, when we talk a little bit about Allbirds' um, implementation of software, you know, we had a specific goal in mind. Um, and constraints that we had to meet and deadlines, you know, by Black Friday being live and stable. So you have got to, um, you know, continue to put one foot in front of the other, and then we can continue to build, you know, on the foundation and, and build the kingdom as their, as their needs uh, arise. So, um, you know, I've seen, you know, lots of implementations over the years, and, you know, like I mentioned earlier, sometimes we just try to bite off just too much, and, um, you know, there's so much right now. We've got to figure out a way to digest the technology in an agile way and, and then also be building agile businesses with these core foundations. Thank you very much. Good opening, Sabrina. In case I didn't mention that the title of this episode is Retail's New Mantra, Go Fast, Grow Big, Stay Agile. A lot of power words in there. Thank you, Sabrina. We have a lot more coming from you during the show. And now let's move around the table to our person from Auburn. She is Janine Minter. If you want to find her, it's J-E-N-E-E-N, Minter, the way it sounds. And she has sent us a quote. Sometimes, Janine, 
the smallest quotes with the fewest number of words are so powerful. She sent us a quote from Neo from The Matrix, and I had to look him up. Neo was born Thomas A. Anderson, also known as The One, which is an anagram for Neo, N-E-O-O-N-E, get it, kids? Fictional character in the main protagonist in The Matrix franchise. You can tell I don't watch these movies. He was portrayed as a cyber criminal and computer programmer by Keanu Reeves. I like him. In The Matrix trilogy and had a cameo in the Animatrix short film, kid's story. Here is the quote, and Janine is going to explain it for us. So the quote is, there is no spoon. Janine, welcome to Game Changers. How are you today? I am great. Thank you for having me. We're delighted to have you. I can't wait to find out so much about what you do in your company, but not right now. I ha- you have to enlighten me. Neo, The Matrix, there is no spoon. I'm completely lost. Help me out here. Sure. So there is no spoon uh, is is a metaphor for uh, basically whether you think you can or can't, you're right. So uh, I've been working in retail, mainly e-com, since 06, and I've worked with uh, companies large and small. And one of them in particular, um, especially, uh, you know, during the time that I was there, grew very quickly. That was... Uh, was Zappos, um, and you know, at that time, if we believed that we couldn't, we probably wouldn't. But we we believed that we could, and we did. And um, you know, I'm with Allbirds, and we're young and growing very quickly. And I think we have that similar positive energy, positive mindset of so many great things are possible, and the team has that collectively. And we're making we're making it happen because we're coming from that mindset. And so, you know, as, as in retail or, or company experiences and in life, I think there is no spoon is a great mantra to remember. You can. You have to believe that you can. I like that. I like the can-do attitude. I want you to tell us what does all birds do right now. I usually do this later in the show. I just want everybody to know, what does your company do? Sure. So Allbirds has been uh, around or operational for about two and a half years. We make sustainably sourced shoes, uh, well-designed, um, and uh, you can look us up at allbirds.com. Uh, right now we have a product offering from three main sustainably sourced materials, wool, tree, and sugar. Check it out. In fact, today we just launched a bunch of awesome new uh, fall colors, which are really exciting. Uh, we're seeing some, some awesome reception. So... Um, get it while while it's hot if you're out there and, and in the market for some awesome, comfortable, amazing shoes. Thank you. I love the way you present that. I have to ask. I Seriously, David Owen, just bear with me, please. I have to ask. Sugar? Seriously? You have to tell me, how do you make sugar into shoes or where is the sugar? Uh, yeah, so in the soles of the shoes out of sugar cane, sustainably harvested uh, from South America. Thank you very much. I had to know. Never heard of that. I'm usually eating sugar when I'm wearing shoes, but I've never never had sugar in the soles. That was very interesting. Thank you, Janine. Pleasure to have you. And I like the explanation of the quote. David Owen, Retail Advisory Group with an SAP, sent us a quote from Ashley Brilliant. I had a lot of trouble finding this in the many collected quotes from Ashley Brilliant, David, but 
I found enough references that I figured we're going to go with it because I couldn't find anything else. Ashley Elwood Brilliant, born in 1933, author and syndicated cartoonist, born in London and living in Santa Barbara, California, best known for his potshots, single panel illustrations with one-line humorous remarks that began in syndication in the U.S. in 1975. And he achieved, they say he achieved, not he earned or got, he achieved American citizenship in 1969. And the Wall Street Journal in 1992 called him history's only full-time professional publicist, published epigrammatist epigrammatist. Very interesting. Never heard of that before. Uh, and he wrote and sang a series of parody songs about the hippie movement in the Haight-Ashbury songbook. Let's leave it at that. Here is the quote. It's great. Everybody listen up. Take notes. Let's organize this thing and take all the fun out of it. David Owen. I can't stop laughing when I hear this one. How are you, David? Welcome to Game Changers. I'm doing great. Thanks, Bonnie. How are you doing? I'm well, and thank you for asking. Talk to me about the quote. We're talking about retail. We're talking about everything is changing. And you're quoting Ashley Brilliant, who says, let's organize it and take the fun out of it. You've got to help me with this one. Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a project manager at heart, so that's what we do. We take aspirations and turn them into <laughs> actionable plans. Uh, mm-hmm. To take another quote, uh, you know, we often overestimate what we can achieve in the short term and underestimate what we achieve in the long term. So you really need to map out a plan to get from where you are to where you want to be and then execute that uh, as well as you, as you can. Measure what's important uh, because you get what you measure. How about that? I like that. I like that a lot. Now tell me something. When it term, comes to taking the fun out of it, is all of this planning and all of this measuring and all of this analysis, is it going to take the fun out of people going into retail? You could hear just a couple of minutes ago the joy in Janine Minter's voice when she talked about all birds. She's excited. She's joyful. Are we asking retailers to stop being joyful and having fun and just, okay, I got a company, I got to sell something, what are we going to do? Is there a blend in there, David, from the human side? Yeah, I think so. Uh, like I said, you, you need to have a, a plan to get from point A to point B. Uh, some things are, are committed commodity business processes that you you don't need to wear yourself out reinventing the wheel. Other things are are your secret sauce, and you want to focus on on those things that make you special, and that's where you can keep the fun in in the growth and the retail industry is by doing what's special to you and what makes you win in the market. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. And now we're going to go around the table back to... Sabrina Sigourney. I keep wanting to say Sigourney Weaver. I bet that happens to you all the time, Sabrina. Yes? (laughs) A couple. A couple. Okay, add me to the couple. Sabrina, I have three questions for you. We want to get to know our panelists a little bit better. This is what we do on Game Changers Radio. We want to know three things. Number one, where in the world are you today, please? Number two, what's your favorite drink that powers you to do what you do? And number three, what do you do specifically at Blue Marble Consulting, Inc.? Okay, Sabrina, you're up. I am speaking to you today from my home office in Big Sky, Montana, and I reside at an elevation of 7,500 feet, and I'm looking at the snow falling outside my window. What's in my Seriously. Well, this morning it was um, fresh-pressed carrots, ginger, apple, and lemon juice, but um, after 5 o'clock, it will be a Moscow mule, and um, at Blue Marble, I am uh, the founder and CEO 
of Blue Marble Consulting, and we are a boutique value-added reseller of SAP software, uh, such as S4HANA ERP. So we implement, you know, the biggest, best solutions, and honestly, we try to do it in a, you know, disruptively simple way. So getting back to that simple word again, um, and our, my, you know, I wear many hats as a, as a small business owner, but my priority is delivery excellence and customer success stories. To me and our consulting team, you know, that's why we all get out of bed in the morning is, is to really support our customers. For the past 20 years, I have personally delivered over 250 days of training uh, as well as staffed or aided in the delivery of 90 um, SAP projects with a 100% reference rate. My goodness. Well, congratulations. It sounds like a lot of success, and I can see why you keep getting out of bed in the morning, not only for that amazing drink you just gave us the recipe for, thank you very much, but also because of your enthusiasm and pride in what you do, and that's a wonderful thing. So thank you very much. Pleasure to have you here, Sabrina. We have a lot more to learn from you, and I'm going to move around the table to our all-birds lady, Janine Minter. And Janine, same three questions. Number one, where are you in the world today, please? Number two, what's your favorite drink that powers you to do what you do, and tell us a little bit about your history with Allbirds. Sure. So right now, I'm sitting in San Francisco near the Transamerica Pyramid in a gorgeous old building that we are proud to call home. Uh, What's in my cup? A Spidey Sense smoothie. And I say Spidey Sense because it's basically a disgusting blend of every good-for-you vegetable (laughs) all in one. Doesn't taste great, but... You can literally hear better and see better within 10 seconds of consumption. Uh, what do I do here? I'm head of uh, finance. I'm sorry. Yes, go ahead. I, yes. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, not a big drinker, but very into the smoothie situation. Um, so uh, I am uh, head of finance. That is to say, I'm overseeing our global accounting, uh, finance, statistical analytics, and ERP systems functions here. Thank you very much. By the way, I just found something that may be similar to what you're drinking, and it says healthy raw green smoothie recipe, spiders not included. I'm sorry, I had to tell you that. <laughs> and I. I also looked up Urban Dictionary, Spidey Sense. It's a vague but powerful sense of danger based on intuition. What do you think? Does that come close? You literally feel like a superhero when you drink something like that. Just the sheer fact that you got it down without, you know, without a lot of drama. Uh, You could take on the world. I love it. We, we we hear a lot of very interesting drinks here on these shows, Janine, but rarely do we hear something that enthusiastic. So thank you very much for that. I, I feel empowered and intuitive already. Thank you very much. We are having a really good time having a discussion here on Retail's new mantra, go fast, grow big, stay agile. Even if you're not in the retail industry, even if you have nothing to do with the retail sector, you must be buying something from someone as a consumer. So this will be very interesting to you. We're speaking today with Sabrina Sigourney at Blue Marble Consulting, Inc. We're speaking with Janine Minter at Allbirds that sometimes has sugar cane in the soles. Very interesting. And we're speaking, and we will be speaking again with David Owen at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We're going to take a quick break. And a shout-out to Stephen Sparrow at SAP for putting together another terrific topic, Steve, and a great panel. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We'll be right back, I promise. Aaron out. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Organizations that act with purpose can impact the greater social world. In doing so, they can also improve their bottom line, boost morale among employees, find it easier to attract top talent, and overall, make the world around them a better place. Purpose is everywhere, and we will help you align your organization to move forward with renewed purpose and vigor, enabling it to thrive in the short term and long term. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how purpose-driven organizations can lead to a better present and future for everyone. Game Changers with Purpose is presented by SAP. Visit SAP.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Listening to Game Changing Retail Leaders, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Game Changing Retail Leaders. Here we are. We're talking about retail's new mantra, go fast, grow big, stay agile. I can hear a chorus of singers chanting this somewhere in a mob or a flash mob somewhere. Yes, that's what we're talking about. Sabrina Sigourney, Blue Marble Consulting, Inc., Janine Minter at Allbirds, and David Owen at SAP. David, we were rudely interrupted with some technical problems when we were just asking you before the break Two, three questions. Number one, where are you? Number two, what's your favorite drink? And number three, what do you do in the retail advisory group? So, David, give me your answers, please. Okay, thanks. So, uh, right now I'm drinking coffee, black and strong, to get me through the day. Later on, probably be a, a Tito's vodka with some, some tonic, because uh, it's locally brewed, and they do uh, a lot of good things for the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I do at SAP, I'm in the retail advisory group, and uh, the great thing about my job is I'm I'm purely measured on customer success. So I don't have to sell and I don't have to bill. I just uh, help customers be successful to to grow and uh, do great things. Thank you, David. Question for you: Have you seen a change in the mindset in the retail advisory group in terms of the how customers come and talk to you? Do, are they worried? Are they concerned? Are they overwhelmed with everything that's going on in the sector? The omni-channel customer and prospect approach and, and loyalties changing and newcomers to the sector. Do you see that as a more agita in the people you work you deal with? Oh, definitely. Um, it's okay. so much to, to digest and. So much technology to to get a handle on and understand, and uh, also very hard to work out what what actually produces results immediately versus later, and uh, how to get from wherever you are to that uh, omni-channel large enterprise that you want to be. Thank you very uh, much. So yep. That's what I was looking for is a reality check on what's happening in the field. Thank you, David. It's time officially for our roundtable segment, and I spoke 
on the break with Sabrina Sigourney at Blue Marble Consulting, and here's where we're going to start the roundtable discussion. This is what Sabrina told me before the show. She said, small retailers have the same complexities and business requirements as large retailers. Sabrina, please expand this, and then when you're done, I will invite Janine Minter to comment, and then David Owen, and then we'll go to some statements from Janine. So, Sabrina, it's all yours. Sure. So remember, I'm the one that has the you know the delivery hat on, right? So there's so much technology that needs to be digested, and you know how do we do it in a way that is uh, you know not complicated, right? We've got to be moving faster, bigger, stronger, and be agile our, ourselves. So you know the difference with the smaller retails retailers might be the budget or the resources that are available to implement some of the technology. So we had to take a step back and kind of blow up our traditional software delivery approach at Blue Marble to get things done with our customers within any constraints that they may have. And obviously in the smaller retail space, there's going to be more constraints. So we still had a lot of work to do to build that core foundation that we talked about, but we kind of had a mantra ourselves where we've got to take a simple, iterative, agile approach, and we actually came up with a little cheesy little acronym for the word simple itself. And just real quick, the key points of it were, you know, stakeholder alignment. So in this case, you know, working collaboratively with, you know, one key decision maker made the world of difference. That was Janine. Um, that's the simple, um, or excuse me, stakeholder alignment, the S. And then there's um, iterative testing cycles. So as soon as something was to be shown and collaboration was um, something we could show on the system, we got into uh, iterative testing we focused on trying to migrate to best practices. Um, we prepared our data, so mapping, cleansing, converting, testing, all those, you know, devils in the details type of, of um, work. Uh, we led high-frequency team meetings so everyone uh, knew what the plan was and really focused on end-user enablement and ensured who was doing what, when, where, why, and how in a very collaborative and transparent way. So that's, that's how we had to deliver something um, that was, you know, again, could have been for almost any size organization in terms of complexity, but we had to digest it and deliver it in a very uh, different way. Thank you very much. I want to hear from Janine Minter. We don't know the size of all birds, but from your perspective, small retailers have the same complexities as large. You consider yourself small, mid-size, or large, Janine. Can you comment on the constraints of a smaller business, at least when you started? David, can you speak to this, please? Uh, I would describe Allbirds as a small uh, retailer, fast fashion, uh, growing uh, incredibly quickly. Uh, so they're looking to um, to grow their technology footprint so they can uh, scale with the volume as they continue to add more products and uh, a larger supply chain. Um, being in the whole, uh, the retail and online business brings a lot of complications for uh, reverse logistics returns and things. Uh, so they're looking for technology to take out a lot of the heavy lifting and allow them to focus on creating uh, beautiful, innovative uh, products. Thank you very much, David. Janine, let's talk about the topic that Sabrina just brought up a few minutes ago. Small retailers have the same complexities and business requirements as larger. Can you give us the perspective of you as a representative of the smaller part of retailer, Janine? Yeah, absolutely. And my apologies for the interruption. 
Um, no I think problem. you also asked if I if I thought we were big. Um, so I wanted to share that we are very happy to have reported earlier this year that we had sold in at that time less than two years our millionth pair of shoes, and recently we celebrated um, our millionth customer. So um, growing quickly, really excited about it, um, and absolutely, uh, you know, in our you know few years that we've been around, we have the same complexities that large retailers who've been around for decades or more have. So we are omni-channel. Uh, we're you know, primarily in e-com, but we have brick-and-mortar stores, um, and we're planning to build that network out so we can create immersive brand experiences for people in person. Um, and we've done some limited partnerships earlier this year. For example, we partnered with Nordstrom. Um, so, in addition to that, we've got multiple legal entities. We are also present in multiple international locations. So right now, we've got businesses in New Zealand, Australia, Canada, and the U.S., and are looking to expand internationally. Good. Glad to hear that there's uh, yeah. growth and agility. <laughs> Is agility yeah, an so important you word know, to you, Janine? Oh. Absolutely. We've got to stay agile. There's a number of, you know, ways that we can grow. We've got very specific strategic plans about, you know, uh, how we'd like to do that. And we absolutely, you know, in, in the case of an ERP system, needed something that was both able to handle complexity at scale and to be agile at the same time. Um, and, you know, we did a big review of, of all the players out there, and SAP really was the, the only answer um, that, that met both of those things. So we implemented uh, really about 18 months into our operating life, S4 HANA, uh, which from what I understand is, is um, you know, not necessarily common, but probably should be for smaller retailers who've got big plans. <laughs> Thank you very much. I hear a lot of joy in your voice, and that's what—that's also what we're looking for at tough times, and, and we need people to be happy. Uh, I'm just going to quickly go back around to Sabrina Sigourney at Blue Marble and ask Sabrina, any comments? Can you take a step back from your engagement with Allbirds and bring this up to more of a, of a global industry level in terms of, uh, in general, larger retailers, smaller retailers? And in my opening, I said that the smaller ones are able to be more flexible and agile because they're smaller. They hit the ground running. They're the ones who are threatening the legacy companies. Any thoughts on that you could share with us before I move on? Well, you're kind of touching on my prediction, which I'm afraid <laughs> I don't want to reveal it. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's save it so then. I will. Let, it, let, I, I will. Let, okay. Let's save it. I'm looking at Janine's notes here, and Janine has something that's very important, and I want to take this a step back from an industry viewpoint. You say, if your chosen path is to try to go big and fast, and that in itself is debatable, if every if every retailer, anybody who says they're a retailer, wants to be big and fast, I don't know the answer to that. Maybe we'll have a chance to discuss that. But you say, you'll only get there with the help of a talented, passionate, high-trust team. A single leader is not scalable. And Janine, this sounds to me like business advice for any company. So talk to me about a single leader is not scalable. That is something I, I want to paint on the side of a wall in a big building and say, Janine Minter said this because it's so true. But in retail, how important is it that there just not be one person doing 
everything. Janine, help us out, please. Uh, it's it's not just uh, important; it's it's an imperative. Um, you, I, I mean, it, it, retail, especially omni-channel retail, coupled with quick growth, it is just physically impossible to do everything that needs to be done well, well, uh, with with you know, with a handful of folks. So. Make sure that you know thyself, and when I say that, it means you understand your company's values and your culture. And so as you look for top talent, make sure, because it's the most important thing you can do to realize the future that you want to have in 10 years, it comes down to the people that you do things with right now. So everybody that you have welcomed onto your team, you will have wanted to put through a very rigorous honestly, process that makes sure that the people that walk in not only have the skill set and mindset to grow with you, um, but the same values and culture uh, that your company has. And then that is a great foundation uh, to build trust from and to do very difficult things, uh, you know, growing big and fast and staying big and being great and staying great and innovating it's not a destination. It is a journey, mm-hmm. and you have to constantly refresh, uh, check in, and um, it's just easier to go there together. Um, so I cannot stress uh, enough the importance of getting hiring right. It is a leader's most important job. Literally carve out part of every week to be building a pipeline of talent at all times. Thank you. Very, very valuable advice. And I like the idea of take time every week. We rarely hear that anymore. The the personal touch, the communication, the change management, or I guess in a new business, Janine, everything is changed, right? Everything you do is building something so there is no legacy, there is no foundational footprint that came before. And that, I think, is a perfect segue for me to bring David in on this. David, I'm looking at your notes, and I have something that goes with what I was just discussing with Janine and Sabrina that I want you to talk about. You say, rarely, and this was a question I just asked the ether a few minutes ago, rarely do you find small companies that want to stay small in omnichannel retail, but one of the barriers to growth is the technology footprint and the design decisions made in the early days. Give us a little background on this, David, because I think it goes beautifully with what I've been talking with your two panel, co-panelists about. Go ahead. Uh, well, yeah, so I, obviously I don't think anybody wants to stay small, but uh, growth really doesn't happen organically without a little bit of help, right? So you have to uh, think about what will happen when your business doubles, quadruples, and um, adjust with that. Uh, companies need to add more processes and procedures, automate things, uh, get people out of the way of the high volume activities, um, and that often leads to, uh, you know, system implementations. Uh, those are the key key thoughts that come to my mind: uh, procedures to to manage the the volume, and then systems to to take the burden uh, of that automation. Thank you very much. Let's go around and get some agreement or disagreement here. Sabrina, do you agree with what David is saying? Uh, 
Do we have Sabrina with us? Oh, no. Yes. Here we are. Sabrina, talk to me about what David just shared. What do you think? Yeah, I do. And it gets back to, you know, building that core foundation and setting that path for for scalability, right? So the last thing any any retailer that's taking the plunge into ERP wants to do in four or five years is, is to be replacing, you know, what they, you know, a smaller system that they may have put in, right? So plan for the growth, but do it in a, in a simple way that we talked about that fits within the constraints, gives you the core, and you better make sure that you are building an agile business because, again, getting to my prediction here, I don't want to say it, but, um, <laughs> you know, and that applies for not just retail, but also, again, how we went about approaching this particular implementation project. So we are now, you know, awakened to this whole very agile, aggressive, uh, aggressively thinking, open mindset way of, of really approaching the, the challenge of how do we digest the technology because there's so much stuff out there. I mean, artificial intelligence, Internet of Things, it goes on and on and on. So how do we process what is important and what we're going to adopt and how do we deliver it and implement it in a way that's digestible and that the organization mm-hmm. can embrace and, and thrive on and not build yourself into any corners, you know, but, but be ready to grow and scale when the time is right. Very good points. Thank you very much. Janine, let's get your reaction, your response to what Sabrina just said about not building yourself into a corner from the perspective of a young company. What would you say to other young companies about putting down the foundation, about investing in it, making plans, and then, whoops, that's not where we need to be right now. What's your thought? Uh, I echo both David and Sabrina, and I can say I, in all the you know years I've been working, I've usually had a systems project, and I have heard companies say things like, "Boy, we should have done this like three or four years ago," but I have never heard a company regret doing something quote unquote early, um, mm-hmm. and <laughs> systems are no exception. I think if you get the right foundation under you just before you think you need it or, or even well before you think you need it, uh, you, you definitely won't regret it. And, and I think the key is to understand what are your core processes that you need to get right, you know, call it in the next two to three years. Make sure that you're designing for those, but imagine who you want to be in 10 years and imagine that you're building a house. And so you make sure that you've built the right foundation and you build the rooms that you need first, but they've got doors and they've got windows and you mm-hmm. understand and you see the architectural plans for what you do in a second phase and a third phase and a fourth phase. And all of those phases are building on each other and requiring the rebuild of nothing. Um, and I, so I, I think it's important to make sure that when you do projects like this, You've got design people and business folks, et cetera, that are thinking with short-term and long-term vision and can, can see the future and know what must be done now and what can be done later. Thank you very much. Uh, I had a question for you. I think it just flew right out of my head. Oh, let's go back something you said a minute ago, Janine. You talked about a single leader is not scalable. I have a question for you. I'm going to go around the panel and see what David and Sabrina have to say. Question is, you said, look out above, look out the window, the doors. 
10 years ahead, however long, you want your company to have a long-term footprint. You want to be successful, right? You're making the investment. You don't want to just disappear in a year or two. So when we talk about a single leader is not scalable, and you said a talented, passionate, high-trust team, how involved should your team be in that long-term planning? What if there are disagreements? And this is probably basic management 101 I'm talking about here, Janine. But in retail, it probably is different than other industries because of the fast pace and the need for flexibility and agility. So my specific question is, how much should leadership in a small company, fairly young, take into account the advice, the suggestions, the passion, quote-unquote whims or intuitive commentary from the trusted team? In other words, who gets to run the company while you're trying to build? What do you think? I think everyone has input. I, I think, you know, something we value here is transparency. Uh, we've got weekly all-hands meetings. We have multiple communication mechanisms for people to bubble ideas up, whether it's using Slack or email or meetings or, you know, smaller communication forums or bubbling it up through, you know, call it management layers. Um, input is 100% um, welcomed, uh, mm-hmm. considered, and okay. I think, you know, depending on what the input is about, you know, we're either running a financial model on it or considering a brand impact or, you know, we're analyzing it through all the lenses or filters from functional experts or leadership experts, um, you know, depending on the topic. So we make sure that, you know, all the ideas are heard and then, you know, as, as a company we're applying the right uh, sort of analysis layer to then say, let's move on that or let's table that. That's a great idea. It will be uh, really relevant in two years or, um, you know, or th- this is the bucket of things to kind of Got keep in, the, in consideration on the sidelines. So I would call it an iterative filter, if you will, uh, but we make sure that we, we've got the right people looking, you know, looking at every idea and, and we, want, we want all ideas. Everybody here is a maker. Everybody is making this company together. Um, and uh, I'm here uh, because I sense that collaborative spirit um, and I greatly value it uh, in my life and I spend a lot of time at work and so I want to work with people uh, you know, in a high trust environment and a highly transparent environment and a tri- you know highly collaborative environment, um, and I think that just makes a company stronger. Thank you. I loved your answer. You talked about iter- an iterative layer. I think you said uh, ideas are considered. I I was. I was really smiling when I heard you say considered, which is a polite word for yes, we hear you, right? And then put on the side, perhaps, or on the back burner, but not forgotten, not ignored, and not squashed. Just wonderful, wonderful insights. Thank you very much, Janine. Let me go around the table. David, agree or disagree with the approach that Janine just shared with us? Yeah, I agree completely. Uh I think what, what a leader brings to the table is, uh, is, is vision and uh, clearly stated goals that uh, a team can, um, can get around. And when it comes to making decisions, you're like, well, how does this decision reflect our clearly stated goals? For example, my goals are customer success. So when I'm looking at a problem or a situation, it's easy to say, okay, which, 
which solution leads to the best customer success. So it's very easy for me to follow my leadership because my goals are clearly stated. And um, that's, uh, that's the way to be a, a force magnet multiplier as a, as a leader, give everybody clear goals to follow, make it really easy for them to do the right thing without being micromanaged. Thank you very much. Another key term, not being micromanaged. Sabrina Sigourney, love to get your thoughts. This is a very powerful part of the discussion. What do you think? Well, a couple of key words. So you talked about transparency, and that's really how we took an approach to this um, very rapid deployed you know, ERP core implementation. So I think that's a great word. And collaborative, another key. And you know, when I talked about taking a you know, redesign in terms of how we implement software, um, those are some of the key values that we, you know, adopted. Um, you know, so we try to, you know, our team wants to be the company that, you know, hits the ground running um, and where we collaborate, document, share our skills. Now, when it comes to the micromanaging word that was just mentioned, mm-hmm. I will say I don't want to use the word that we micromanage the project, but it was very, very clear from an accountability standpoint, from a cloud-based collaboration tool set that we use, that everyone knew, you know, who was needing to do what, when, where, why, and how, and what decisions were being made. And, and again, we're talking about implementing systems. So we're talking about testing. We're talking about data cleansing. We're talking about data mapping. Those kinds of tasks that, you know, the devil's in the details, and for us to be successful and get things done in the constraints and, and timeline that we put forth for ourselves, you know, we had to have that kind of robust project management, getting back to David's comment, although it was fun, David, you have to admit it was fun. It wasn't boring. Um, and, uh, you know, but we had the tool set and the mindset that we were going to do it, and we did it in less than 16 weeks, and it wasn't a small project. Very, very interesting. There's that team support, and you needed to be scalable, obviously. Let me see here. I'm looking for, we're almost, I know Sabrina's been waiting for the whole hour for the predictions, the crystal ball, but we're two and a half minutes away, Sabrina. So let's see if we can squeeze in one more topic here. Uh, let me let me get to, um, let me see something. I'm looking in David's notes here. We talked about stated goals, David, clearly stated goals. That's something you said you do. You say complexity inhibits speed, restricts agility, and drags you down. So if you're planning for that 10-year window of growth, go fast, go big. I think that uh, Janine just mentioned that a couple minutes ago. How do you avoid the complexity that's going to inhibit your speed regardless of the size, especially let's say if you're a small company with a big appetite for growth and you know you have to lay a lot of foundation down, you have to get a lot of make a lot of decisions quickly, what's the risk of getting into complexity that will bog you down? David, just a quick point of view from you, please. Sabrina, get ready. Go ahead, David. Uh, well, so I think uh, the, the startup businesses actually have an edge here because they don't have a a great legacy of, of prior, this is how we did it, so we have to keep doing it, that kind of mantra that you see in larger enterprises. Uh, the way we tackle complexity is we try to look at business processes in terms of what's a commodity, such as finance or procurement or merchandise distribution, versus what's your secret source, what do you do that's different, uh, that uh, differentiates you in the market, and Let's not waste any time on over-designing commodity business processes. Let's spend all our time on enabling and amplifying your secret source uh, so that you can fly with that. Thank you very much. Sabrina, 
I know you've been waiting for this. You've been talking about it during the whole show. It's now officially time for the crystal ball segment. We're talking about predictions. We have just about 60 to 75 seconds per panelist, and we'd love for you to look into the crystal ball. It is now almost the end. It's October 10, 2018, almost the end of 2018. Hard to believe. We used to talk about 2020. Actually, Barbara Walters used to talk about 2020. We all know on TV. Yes, and it seemed so far away. Sabrina and now it's so close I sometimes say to my panelists on the prep call when you're thinking about your favorite drink for that segment of the show what are you putting on ice for New Year's Eve 2020 it's not that far away so retail the new mantra go fast grow big stay agile what do you see changing dramatically dynamically in the retail world between now and where do you want to go to 2020 or 2025 Sabrina 60 seconds all yours Oh, boy. Well, you know, it's real simple. Again, I'm very simple and focused on just the foundations. And to me, it's just resonating what we've been talking about. It's this, it'll be the survival of the agile. You know, it is an agile revolution when we have so many technologies surrounding us, right? And, you know, I think only the agile will survive. You know, the big box stores that we walk in today will have to look entirely different tomorrow, right? We have to go and get a shave and get Janine's Munster spider juice. And, you know, there has to be something for everyone. It has to be a user experience for us to even bother, right? And and not to mention the expectation around delivery and time to order and custom orders and returns and all that customer service that, you know, that auntie has just been, you know, keeps getting up, up, up and every, every time you, you know, go online. So we have to have the strong core systems in place that are flexible and you have to have the vision on how to change effectively with your team, you know, at the growth that is, you know, appropriate for your organization, but you have to be agile, survival of the agile. Thank you, survival of the agile. We heard it here from Sabrina Sigourney. Janine Minter, I have 60 seconds for you, and that's about all I have. What do you predict? What's going to change in retail, not necessarily for all birds, but for retail in general? What do you see? It would not surprise me if we had a concierge artificial intelligence brain implant that's monitoring our health, emotions, potentially our thoughts, makes calls orders goods for us, among other tasks, in under 20 years with the way that technology is rapidly evolving. So I think we need to be thinking through not only what these advances could mean to retail, but more importantly, we should be thinking through, as a human civilization, how to make these transitions safely and optimally for the human race. Thank you. Some really good keywords in there, Janine Minter. And David Owen, what's your prediction, please? Okay, really fast. I think uh, buying online is a bunch of fun, great for the uh, consumer. Uh, returns, reverse logistics for the retailer is uh, a huge burden, burden yes. and it's going to continue to grow and needs to be addressed to stay uh, economical. I've been reading about that, David. I've been reading that that is a real burden and it's growing and growing and growing. What do companies do with these returns? By the way, uh, is it more difficult for a company to take back a return that arrives at some central place than let's say you have a a large big box retailer that has 
10 stores within a, I don't know, or let's say three stores within a 20-mile radius, and you could take that pair of whatever, uh, let's say uh, let, let's say the silverware you just bought, the flatware for your kitchen for every day, and you take it back to not the box store where you bought it, but it's the same chain, and they have to process it and figure what store. Is it even harder for online retailers to take returns? Uh, I think it's equally hard because you, you have to do something with it. You know, receive, getting it back is no big deal. Do you throw it away or do you find somewhere to resell it? And, and who does all that handling is just uh, incredibly inefficient and, and a challenge for everybody. Yep. I, I just bought a drum set. I'm learning drums and I wanted to upgrade four weeks after I started and I took, I went back to the major music retailer and I said, what am I going to do? And they said, we'll buy it back from you, but not at what you paid for it. We'll buy it back at the wholesale price because we have to mark it up a little bit, put it back on the floor, the showroom floor and sell it as a used set for really cheap. And I was happy. They actually insisted on giving me cash actual cash for returning the drum set. I was really surprised, even though I bought it on a credit card. But enough about me. I want to thank our three panelists, Sabrina Sigourney at Blue Marble Consulting, and thank you Thank you very much, Sabrina. Janine Minter at Allbirds, all the best with the shoes. David Owen at SAP Retail Advisory Group. And, of course, a shout-out to Stephen Sparrow at SAP. Good panel, Stephen. You've been listening to Changing the Game with Retail Leaders, and that's who's been on our panel. I am going to do my call to action now, and a quick shout-out to Aaron, our engineer extraordinaire at World Talk Radio, the business channel. So here we go. Fasten your seatbelt. I wonder what your kind of shoes you're wearing while you're fastening your seatbelt, Janine. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Just like Sabrina Sigourney at Blue Marble Consulting. Just like Janine Minter at Allbirds. And a shout out to Nikki at Allbirds and David Owen at SAP. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. I'll be back tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Business Channel with a new edition of Game Changing Business Model Disruption. You don't want to miss that one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Game Changing Retail Leaders, presented by SAP. The best run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.